keep close attention to uh, supply chain in general. And, and by that, I mean uh, China lockdowns. Uh, China impacts uh, a lot of the supply chains in, in Asia in general. So as China closes or opens, it will also impact Vietnam, Taiwan, Malaysia and Indonesia. On this episode of Early Bird, Enrique Alvarez, Managing Director of Vector Global Logistics. Enrique joins the podcast today to talk about the supply chain challenges, which is impacting so many stocks in today's market. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, Let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Enrique, thank you so much for joining us today on the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Steve. Well, thank you so much for being here. We're going to be talking about supply chain issues right now. Almost every investor you talk to, when they see the stock market right now and many stocks falling supply chain issues are sometimes at the heart of what these stocks are are struggling with right now Uh, but before we talk about that um, Enrique tell the audience a little bit about yourself please if you could give a a brief 30 second you know reader's digest version of your biography that would be great yes of course thank you very much so I uh, originally from Mexico City came to the U.S. to study business school graduated and came down to Atlanta, Georgia to work for the Boston Consulting Group, strategy consulting company. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, primarily uh, focusing on uh, energy in the energy sector. And I did a lot of different projects that were most of them probably uh, interesting. And then I started my own company. I'm the managing director and co-owner of Vector Global Logistics, a very unique results-based logistics company that is basically trying to change the way logistics work in mainly three ways. One, we have a results-based mentality, which means we take the time and space component out of the equation and we Mm -hmm. measure performance by results and results only. The second part is we're leveraging logistics to make a positive impact in the world. So for every shipment that we coordinate, we're donating to different causes. We uh, give 50 meals in the U.S. and Mm. help children with cancer in Mexico and we support children with special needs in Chile. And the other one is just the way that our organization works, which is based on smaller independent teams uh, working together. So that's that's really nice. I think that certainly what's make, what makes your logistics company stands out. Um, logistics is kind of the heart of the economic problems that many companies are going through right now. Um, is it fair to say that global supply chain issues are are, are at the forefront of the major economic challenges right now in the world? Yes, no, that's definitely something we have all experienced. And uh, I've been in logistics for many, many years. And if you consider logistics and supply chain 
let's say five to ten years ago, uh, no one really cared as much. I think that it wasn't really as present in mm -hmm. investors' minds or or people's minds in general. And I guess it just had to uh, the pandemic uh, made it clear to everyone how important efficient supply chains are. And I guess when everyone kind of um, started missing our toilet papers and other very important products, uh, we started to realize the importance of supply chains. And since the pandemic started until today, it has been uh, very challenging at very different levels. Uh, so yes, what you're saying is absolutely right. I think uh, companies right now compete at multiple levels. And one of them is to see which one has the strongest supply chain. And whoever has the strongest supply chain will go to market first, will be there when the clients are starting to buy their products. And of course, the company will be just more valuable because they'll have better financial and economic resources as well. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I see the benefit of that. But you, you talked about the pandemic um, and the impact of the pandemic in terms of supply chains. That seems to be the catalyst for what started all these problems. But is it just the pandemic that's causing these supply chain woes? Is it inflation? Um, is it the war? in Europe right now or all these? Yes, um, absolutely. Like everything plays into the supply uh, chain challenges that we're currently seeing. Uh, everything started with a pandemic. Uh, and then from that, the equipment availability, which is the containers uh, shifted drastically to the point that there were no containers to be loaded in China. And then once China started getting the containers and started to uh, open up and send containers to the US and other parts of the world, the ports in the other parts of the world, in particular, uh, the U.S. were congested. We just simply cannot handle as many containers and we cannot unload as many containers as China can send us. So uh, so the ports were congested. With the port congestion uh, came a lot of problems for exporters in the U.S. and also importers in, uh, in the U.S. because uh, they didn't have containers available to load their products and re-export them. Uh, some other places. So it became like a like this snowball effect of things that were happening. And of course, the last one, uh, or I guess one of the last ones was the war in Ukraine, which has uh, further uh, strained the already fragile supply chains. And the other thing that's currently happening is, uh, is Shanghai and the, China has a zero coronavirus policy right now. So if they detect a couple of cases, they will shut down uh, the cities, the regions, uh, and so for the last two week, two weeks, maybe three, uh, mm -hmm. when this uh, show airs, uh, Shanghai has been closed and slowly opening, but that's going to affect a lot of the manufacturing companies uh, that have uh, their footprint in China in particular. So I'm not sure, you know, obviously a lot of investors know most of the goods um, are manufactured overseas. They're not made in the U.S. There are some exceptions to that rule. They're made usually in the in the Far East, but some are made in other countries like Mexico, Latin America. We get we get all that those items shipped here. This impacts so many different industries. Um, China, in particular, major hub for manufacturing. Um, it, you know, it, you alluded to this right now with with the um, the lockdowns in China. Um, should I guess, in, let's say you're an investor in a stock uh, like a Tesla. Tesla obviously has a major uh, manufacturing hub overseas. Um, and this a pandemic outbreak in China where there have been lockdowns, they've been impacted. 
Uh, as an investor, you're looking at these outbreaks and, and you see the supply chain disruption. What would you say to, to those investors to either calm them down or yeah. just to, to uh, you know, uh, give them you know, a little bit of a reality check about the situation? Well, Steve, that's a, that's a good question. If I could actually say something to the investors that are listening to your show, I would probably just summarize it into three different buckets. One, keep close attention to uh, supply chain in general. And, and by that, I mean uh, China lockdowns. Uh, China impacts uh, a lot of the supply chains in, in Asia in general. So as China closes or opens, it will also impact Vietnam, Taiwan, Malaysia, and Indonesia. So close attention to what China's doing when it comes to their uh, zero coronavirus policy. I think that's going to continue impacting uh, companies around the world. Um, the second part, uh, it's more here for the U.S., and it's probably something that not everyone uh, pays attention to, which is port congestion. Mm. Uh, the port congestion uh, in the United States, especially Long Beach uh, for things coming from Asia, but also New York, is important as well for the supply chain. And that could dictate whether products are going to get to their final destinations on time or not. Mm -hmm. So just keep an eye on port congestions and the overall well-being of the uh, supply chains in the U.S., uh, including some of the rail ramps and, and truck uh, trucking news. And the last one uh, is probably more around uh, inventory strategies from some of those big uh, uh, companies out there. They're, as we went through the pandemic and as they're looking at how fragile some of our infrastructure in, this, in the U.S. is when it comes to unloading containers and handling uh, shipments, um, I would think that you'll see some uh, Nearshoring, probably you'll see some uh, changes in suppliers. Companies are trying to what did, what is shy near away shoring? from China. Just so well, the audience just bringing knows, what does products that mean? closer to the U.S. Right. So because right now the transit time from China to the U.S. Uh, uh, could vary from like 15 days to the West Coast to almost 30 to the East Coast without congestion or anything else. So mm -hmm. I think clients and uh, mostly uh, all these big companies want to have their products sooner. Uh, so they can better manage their inventories. Um, so I think those three categories uh, could be could be useful to keep uh, closer attention to. Yeah. So Enrique, the the big sector, if we're looking at this from a sector by sector thing, it's it's technology companies right now. Right. Um, they're right. they're the ones who seem to be not just I wouldn't say suffering the most, but certainly they're feeling the pain of these supply chain challenges, in particular, semiconductors. Um, can you explain what's going on right now with the chips? Yes, well, um, the chips have actually been impacted twice. One, uh, the pandemic and all the regular supply chain uh, disruption that we just explained uh, with the equipment imbalance and the lack of uh, suppliers working in Asia and things like that. But then also from the war. I mean, Ukraine has... Uh, a lot of minerals, uh, they've been impacted, so there's tensions there as well. So they kind of have this double uh, whammy and, uh, that has prevented them uh, from, from having good, reliable sourcing when it comes to, to chips, uh, including the automotive industry, which, uh, which they all rely on the chips very heavily. So, um, so it's, uh, and I think it's the, the, the same 
the, one of the reasons why they're struggling so much is also in part why they were successful before the pandemic because they had such really uh, low inventory levels and they were really trying to pursue this just-in-time strategy that, uh, of course, when something like uh, what we just uh, faced happens, then no one's prepared for it. And now they're trying to adjust their inventory levels, but everyone's doing it at the same time. So there goes the uh, demand up again. And uh, of course, there's even more shortages because the suppliers cannot keep up with uh, the amazing demand that they're seeing right now. Good point. When we return, we'll hear from Enrique about how other sectors are dealing with supply chain problems and what investors should anticipate in the future regarding the supply chain disruptions. But first, let me tell you where you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So Enrique, today we're talking about the supply chain issues for most of these major companies. Stocks are down, supply chain uh, concerns are a big part of that. Um, we talked a little bit about technology and, and the chips going on and their, their, those struggles, but let's, let's talk about a few more sectors. You mentioned before automotive. How, how are automotive companies not just impacted, but how are they trying to correct some of these problems? Yeah, the automotive industry is a very uh, complicated industry, as everyone, of course, knows, but uh, they're trying to... They're trying to streamline their supply chains and uh, uh, by that I mean they have to go through a lot of different uh, regulations as well so it's not only like everything that we've talked about but on top of all that they have like a big layer of uh, tariffs between countries and uh, and just trying to navigate that is also going to be challenging but they're they're trying to streamline uh, their supply chains by uh, once again, trying to uh, expand their suppliers, trying to change their uh, production schedules, uh, and they're trying to match, uh, meet their, their forecasting, and they're just having visibility. So everyone's investing in uh, technology that would allow them to better um, forecast and predict uh, future demand, which uh, until now, it's been incredibly difficult, right? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, we, we know it, the automotive industry is in flux right now. Yeah, um, incredibly. And, and another industry I know you work with, and we, we've talked about them, the furniture industry. We did an episode, if you look back just a few episodes ago, we talked about in furniture stocks um, and supply chains. We talked about in that episode. Um, what, what, what's going on right now with furniture, uh, furniture companies, furniture manufacturers, and supply chains? Yeah, I think so. Um... We, we talked about how China's struggling, but uh, Vietnam, which is a, a big, important uh, country uh, for, for furniture, uh, is actually uh, much better now. I mean, all the congestion that we saw like six months ago or even seven months ago is starting to slowly uh, unravel. Uh, you can see Vietnam becoming a much more efficient country. Um, supply chain hub so uh, so in the 
in the furniture industry, uh, being careful with inflation because that's really the the main thing that investors are paying attention to right now. Uh, I think they're they're better. They're, it's a, it's an industry that that I could probably be more optimistic about. Well, I'm glad to hear you're bullish on it. I know other some other investors. Are well, as well, I said I live bit more optimistic. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, what we're living right now, I don't think that anyone's like super bullish because we all know that inflation is coming, will continue, and we know that at some point there has to be a recession or an adjustment into our economy after all those two years of overspending and government supports and things like that. So I think, I mean, we have to be cautious. There's definitely opportunities out there, but yeah. yes, I'm definitely more optimistic from the supply chain standpoint when it comes to uh, Vietnam, less so when it comes to China and Malaysia. And and, and this other category, I know your, your, your company, uh, Vector Global Logistics, uh, specializes in industrial goods. It's not always a category in the stock market that investors think about, but what's going on right now with industrial goods and supply chains? Yeah, that's... Uh that can actually be very similar to uh, to some of the other industries that we're, we've been talking about. Uh, project cargo, which is slightly separate from the regular standard container shipping industry, is all those big pieces of uh, equipment that don't fit into a container, right? So just think about the uh, paper mills and plants and uh, huge uh, turbines and uh, renewables, uh, things like that. So all those are still kind of waiting. I think they've been working hard to invest in big projects around the world. And we've seen like some uh, big pieces of equipment move around uh, quite frequently. And now I feel like just uh, might be slowing down a bit as investors uh, continue to pause for a little bit and see where the uh, inflation uh, and some of the demand concerns are going to to be yet, but uh, but that's that's something that I think it could be very similar to the uh, general market when it yeah. comes to the supply chain. So, uh, good point. Good point. Um, so this is usually the part of the show where I ask you know guests to give advice about stocks. I'm not going to ask yeah. you to do that, Enrique. <laughs> but but I, I I guess I would like a little. Maybe this is a bit of editorializing, but you know investors have mostly been suffering this year. What mainly for well, not the, it's not the only reason, but supply chains are a big part of the, that reason. Is there any um, healing words you can offer to investors about you know maybe we can start to feel good about supply chains again? Yes, of course. I mean, everyone noticed what happened uh, during the pandemic, and everyone noticed how fragile some of uh, the infrastructure and processes were. So the good thing is that. There's been a lot of investment when it comes to supply chain technology, if you will. I think that could be, uh, I'm very optimistic about that. So if, uh, again, without pointing out specific companies, but just technology related to supply chain, related to giving more visibility to companies about their um, entire process from purchase ordering to uh, selling to inventory holding. I think those could be good potential companies to invest in. Um, other companies that I feel could be interesting are just uh, in general um, uh, asset asset based companies and logistics uh, companies that hold tr- that have trucks or equipment uh, in general are probably uh, at a very good 
uh, position right now because there's a lot of demand still. Mm. There is a shortage uh, of, uh, for example, trucking truck drivers. There's a big shortage in the U.S. of truck drivers. So I've, if you are one of those companies that has a pretty good fleet and it's efficient and it's new and it's uh, and you have drivers, then uh, you could potentially mat- could capitalize some of the some of what we're seeing uh, to your favor. So those could be my two takeaways from from like an investment standpoint interesting well well enrique thank you so much i do appreciate your insights into supply chains a lot of investors our readers and listeners have questions about that so i'm so glad that you were able to really uh, give insights on that Uh, before we wrap up the show i just have one final question and it's the big question for today's interview and it's sort of related to this supply chain transportation issue uh, that question is, Enrique, right now, what is in the trunk of your car? What is in the trunk of my car? Mm-hmm. Right now, I have uh, soccer gear. That's that's the answer to that. Awesome. Great sport. Lots <laughs> of soccer gear. <laughs> Thank you again to Enrique Alvarez for sharing your insights on the supply chain. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day. 